Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Eisner Amper. When entrepreneurs face challenges like choosing a business structure or access to capital, they call the accountants and advisors at Eisner Amper. Connect with them, EisnerAmper.com slash tech. Sports Authority filing for bankruptcy after failing to exploit the fitness boom that's been a rare bright spot in retail. Futures lower this morning with S&P E-mini futures down five points. Dow E-mini futures down 38. NASDAQ E-mini futures down six and a half. The DAX in Germany is up two tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down 4.30 seconds, the yield 1.83%. NYMEX crude oil down 1.9% or 66 cents to 33.74 a barrel. COMEX gold up a tenth of a percent or a dollar 30 to 12.32.20 an ounce. The euro a dollar 08.54, the yen 114.37. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thank you so much. About four days ago, I said to my wonderful team, and particularly Rachel Worsband, I said, get me EJ. Get me EJ. Get me EJ. They thought of talking about a hockey player up in Minnesota. EJ Dion owns the analysis of politics in Washington. His must-read book for the right and the left coming out. I love the title, Why the, Why the Right Went Wrong, Conservatism from Goldwater to the Tea Party and Beyond uh, with the Brookings Institution, university fellow, uh, professor, rather, at Georgetown, and, of course, with the Washington Post. E.J. Dion joins us on this Super Wednesday. E.J., wonderful to speak to you for the half hour. Um, it's a long way from Portsmouth Abbey through your path with your Vatican coverage to the religion that American politics is in now. What is our American political religion as we pick up the, the dust from last night? Well, first of all, thanks for that wonderful introduction. And I think the part of my past that I might most think about are the months I spent covering the Civil War in Beirut. I mean, it is, you know, and in Lebanon. I mean, that is the kind of thing that's happening uh, inside the Republican Party. I love, by the way, the lead on the New York Times story uh, this morning by Jonathan Martin and Michael Barbaro. Uh, Democrats are falling in line. Republicans are falling apart. Uh, it's really remarkable what's happening to the Republican Party. And in a funny way, last night sent two, I think, contradictory signals. On the one hand, uh, if you didn't take Trump seriously before last night, you got to now with those uh, victories in all but uh, four states last night. But there was another message that was striking, which is he only broke 40 percent in uh, Alabama and Massachusetts. He came close in Tennessee uh, and Georgia. And so what you're looking at is a Republican Party in which Trump has a clear plurality uh, but can't hit the majority anywhere. And I think that spells real chaos going forward. Now, none of the alternatives, not Cruz, not Rubio, not Kasich, has been strong enough to force uh, the other candidates out. Um, and so now you have talk in the Republican Party that the only way to stop Trump um, is almost a favorite son strategy that goes back, you know, almost 100 years in our politics, or at least maybe 80 years in our politics, where you try to use Rubio to block him in Florida the way Cruz blocked him in, Trump, in Texas yesterday. Uh, and uh, Kasich in Ohio, and just yeah. try to keep him under a majority. But boy, that spells problems if Trump emerges with the most delegates and is denied the nomination, which is the strategy of the yeah. anti-Trump forces. Well, where does it leave the Republican Party? In in your book, you trace 
uh, what you call the decline of of the party. Where does it leave them if he becomes the nominee? Do, do they put themselves back together, or is this uh, something we haven't seen since the 1850s? I think they split in three. Um, there's the Trump part of the party, and some parts, some elected officials will go with Trump, and the hope of people who uh, are willing to support Trump in the Republican Party uh, is that his appeal to working-class voters, you know, with a, a strong economic anti-trade nationalism will make them competitive in places like Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. Uh, then you're going to have a lot of uh, more moderate Republicans or moderate conservatives, particularly elected officials in suburbs, are going to say, we can't go with this. They're not going to form a third party. But you already have people like uh, Christine Todd Whitman in uh, New Jersey saying that uh, they could vote for Hillary Clinton against Trump. And then you're going to have staunch conservatives and neocons on foreign policy in particular uh, who are going to say, uh, no, we need a real conservative party on the ballot. Um, and, and so they could actually yeah. cut into Trump's vote from the right. Uh, I think that's the most likely outcome. You know, in, in my book, I, I argue the, the first sentence of my book is the history of contemporary American conservatism uh, is a story of disappointment and betrayal. Uh, and I think the Trump vote comes from two sources. One is staunch conservatives who say, I'm tired of the Republicans making promise after promise and not keeping it. Uh, and the other is from working-class Republicans who've been voting for this party for decades, white working-class Republicans, it should be said, who've been voting Republican for decades and don't have anything to show for it. And once again, yeah. yesterday, Trump drove a class wedge right through the party. Well, that's where I wanted to go, to the class wedge. Where does the establishment, which is the elite, where do they meet to recalibrate and restructure? They're going to go to the Hay Adams Hotel or the Willard or, you know, you know, you know the venues. Is there a place where they meet or is it all done by email now? <laughs> you know, it's funny. In the book, I talk about a meeting, a dinner in the caucus room, uh, which is a popular uh, watering hole and restaurant uh, the day that President Obama was inaugurated, where the House leadership decided, you know, we're going to go all in on opposition to uh, Obama. And that was his first day uh, in office. And it was a lot easier to unite in opposition uh, to Obama, the outside enemy, if you will, the Democrat, than it will be to pull this party together against Trump. Because you've already had kind of defections or partial defections in the so-called yeah. establishment, saying maybe we could do uh, business yeah. uh, with Trump. Um, and I think that you do have a congressional leadership that's very afraid that Trump could endanger certainly their Senate majority and possibly right. even their House uh, majority. And so they're also signaling each other from the outside, both okay. Mitch McConnell and uh, Paul Ryan have sort of suggested right. they're almost ready to join an anti-Trump operation. Well, interesting. E.J. Dion with us with the Washington Post, the Brookings Institution. Uh, coming up, I'm really looking forward to this in support of 99.1 FM in Washington. E.J. Dion on his Washington. He's the author of the new book, Why the Right Went Wrong. Michael McKee and Tom Keenan, Washington Worldwide, Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Flushing Bank. Open a complete business checking account with $15,000 or more and get a free 16-gig Wi-Fi tablet. Visit FlushingBank.com for details. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. 
I want this.